It's the Get Off My Lawn podcast for the week of September 3rd, 2017. On tonight's program, it's a special indie spotlight spectacular featuring Venus Leone, High Chair Kings, and Calling All Astronauts. Plus, the guys from the When Straight Meets Gay podcast, the Philosodorks, and film critic Tim Brennan. I'm your announcer, Craig, and here I am alongside your genial host, Kevin. Okay, well, we're going to pretend that you just did the, you know, traditional announce of the show and introduced me, your genial host. So, thank you, Craig, and thank you, Craig. Hi. Hi. <laughs> glad to be back. Yes, Mr. Well, been here, but... Yes. Glad to be back together. Backpack Studios is live and direct from the conservatory today, a.k.a. my place, where we are... Which is a cool place. Y'all, it's, it's, y'all don't know, but it's a cool place. It's cool figuratively. True. Cool literally, we're doing what we can. Some of you who are true audiophiles are going to hear a little ambient noise today. Well, the ambient noise you're going to hear right now is me taking a nice cold drink. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, uh, we, you know, we in California can't throw stones because of what's going on down south right now, but it's we're having a near record heat wave here in Southern California, and I got a little air conditioning unit that is doing its best. It's like the little engine that could, but it can't. <laughs> it was 111 degrees when I drove away from my office yeah, today at 3.30. Yeah, and it was still 100 and something here this evening. As 102, you, as you were, I think. Yeah, getting uh, out of the car. At uh, 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Pacific time. So, you know, again, we can't really complain too much because obviously there's bigger meteorological issues going on in the United States right now and also like someone is posting uh, I had a friend of mine who married a guy from India and he's got family in Dubai they're flooded they're like, flooded in record, Dubai record flooding or I, I, if Whoa. I'm getting it wrong I'm getting it wrong wouldn't be the first time I've screwed up but it, it's one of it's it's a major catastrophe that nobody saw coming and it's pretty bad over there right now so to those that are there you're obviously not listening to the podcast right now but you know is the old throwaway line thoughts and prayers are with you look thoughts and prayers are with you I don't know what else I can say to make it For sound sure. more 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 redeeming I know you were telling me before the mics were hot your church is doing something Oop, there goes a rumble rumble car there yeah uh, but uh, your church, you know, lots of churches are doing things, lots of charities are doing things. Um, pretty much every store I was at today, I was trying to get my grocery shopping done before the Labor Day weekend. Everybody, you can click a thing on as you're paying your debit card to donate something at pretty much every grocery store. So hopefully the money goes to the right places. That yes. Is, that is what we hope. And, and you know, again, on, on our show, we try not to be political, aside from that one time. <laughs> I think you're already forgiven. It's all right. Yep. But, uh, uh, you know, Craig and I don't always agree on politics. But, again, before the mics were hot, we we were discussing that we are hoping that regulation or no regulation, the money that is being generously donated by people of all political stripes, we're hoping it goes to the right places. That there isn't – I mean, there's going to be some graft. There always is, unfortunately. But let's keep it acceptable, humanity. Let's keep (laughs) – Yes, don't, please. Don't be over greedy with what's going on here. You know, that's let's let's save the greed and the capitalization. You know, capitalization, uppercase, lowercase. <laughs> it's important, <laughs> especially on the pronouns. Let's save the word I'm trying to use for Christmas. You know, and for Valentine's Day, and for you know holidays when people are out buying things they don't need to live. And remember, people companies, people who run companies. I don't know how far out this is going to yeah, go. Yeah, I, the you CEOs making, of all the tech companies listen. You know, good. <laughs> I'm glad. You were making the money you needed to make as a company two weeks ago. Yep. 
Just remember that. And you will continue to make money. That's And I'm actually very pleased to hear about the mattress furniture guy. Uh, that dude is awesome. That um, was a I, great story. If, and if I needed a mattress, mattress, yeah, if I needed a mattress, I would so be there right now. Of course. <laughs> of course. That guy got more press yep. than he could ever buy in 10 of his business lifetimes. Yep. And I actually think he's probably doing this out of the goodness of his heart. But there's going to be a full bad choice of words, an amazing amount of business. Yeah, no puns intended oh, here boy, on this that podcast. Was bad. But yeah, he will have an amazing amount of business because of his actions. Yes, yeah. and the good—I mean, if you think about it, just logically as a business person, as I understand it, all the stuff that's in his stores, the mattresses. He can't legally sell those anyways. Right. So let the people in. Yeah. Why, you know, it makes perfect sense. And then I guess they had access to some sort of kitchen or restaurant or something. Yeah, and they there were have been a people. couple of I mean, people that good, have been going in. Good synergy. Get get the businesses together. Let's make this work. Yeah, and, and also a tip of my hat to uh, <clears throat> local journalists who have been down there. Not just like, you know, and again, I joke about CNN and some of the other ones that are out there. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, they're all whatever they are. But inevitably, when it comes to the weather, national, quote-unquote, reporters tend to be sent to the middle of a flood zone to stand and say, I'm standing in the middle of a flood zone. It's the local journalists that actually have to report what's going on in that flood zone. You know, they're there inside the ruined stores and the destroyed homes, and they're catching the rescues that are happening live and helping coordinate because they know the town better than, you know, so many other people. And that's that's how we get the journalism that you'll see across the country and across the world is from those local people. So, again, tip, tip of my hat to them, tip of my hat to people that are hopefully doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we, we always keep saying this. We always keep saying this. Is that proper use of the English language, Kevin? I we, don't think We it. never stop saying it. <laughs> Whatever it is you're about to say. We keep saying on this show that this show is going to be a little different this episode. And, well, this show is going to be a lot different. <laughs> hey, why not? We'll keep you guessing, people. <laughs> That's right. And I, I don't mean to disparage the people who have agreed but not yet scheduled interviews with me because I'm grateful to them. It's obviously their time that they're taking out of their days, and, and I will respect them once those interviews take place. <laughs> but here we are again, and and several interviews. And I don't want to name names because I've got some really cool people who have already confirmed that they wish to have my voice and their voice be on the same audio podcasty thing together. I can confirm that. It's cool people. These, these are cool people. And, and and But long and the short of it is, well, not this week. <laughs> not this week. <laughs> so some of you might remember there was a small year and a half long break in, in production here of the podcast. And, well, there were many reasons for that, both personal and professional and unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it wasn't a prison sentence. I swear I wasn't doing time, as far as you know. I can also confirm that. <laughs> but before we took our little hiatus, our little siesta, I recorded a series of interviews for a couple of episodes that I planned on doing to spotlight uh, some independent artists that were out there that I really liked and respected. And... I never did anything with those interviews. You've never heard them on the podcast or, to my knowledge, anywhere else. A lot of these people have been, you know, just doing what they can. They're from all over the place. And that's what you're going to hear today is you're going to hear three different interviews with three different uh, uh, performers. And uh, they've agreed to let me play their music as well. So you'll... Oh, there was a good burp on. 
We did we, that in post, Kevin. We we we, we ate uh, a little bit before before that's you know we broke the cardinal rule. <laughs> Eating before recording. Eating before recording. You're, I'm having a soda even worse. Yeah. yeah so so you know, we only forgot you know like chocolate or something. <laughs> a lot. I think I got some of that. But uh, yeah. So, so you're going to hear some new to you interviews, but we will, we will be referencing things that are well becoming ancient history. Like one of the people we're going to interview uh, lives in Minneapolis, which was for many years the home of Prince. And when we did the interview, Prince had just passed away. That's how long ago we're, we're, we're talking here. So, so okay, suddenly you're killing me with the volume. You're not, I don't need to hear myself that loud. There we go. Uh, so Craig is doing production here. So again, normally when, when you hear me doing the introduction to the interviews and you know in between segments, it's just me, but with Craig and two microphones, we bring Craig's cool gear. And it's not just the backpack in Backpack Studios. It's backpack, briefcase, laptop, a couple of stands. Rolling military spec <laughs> case of gear. So, I don't know if anybody is in need of a professional voiceover guy, but, you know, Craig has the tools, both, you know, that God gave him and that he's bought over the years. That's true. <laughs> and and he has, I, I've... I've thanked him privately and I've thanked him when he wasn't in the room but first his voiceover work that the, the Star Trek intro you and Brian that was hysterical and, yes, and that was a lovely request <laughs> that really threw me for a loop but it was fun and that's you know I, 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 I thank you for that it, it made me laugh and it's you know it's, it's one of the more listened to episodes of the podcast so it's uh, awesome <laughs> it was a good open the whole all of it was good I, I, I like that one I like I've liked all the shows we've done, you yep. know, even our guestless shows. But we do have guests today. So, and one of them, dig this, a chick. We got a skirt. We got a dame. We got a cool, cool woman. Uh, she was actually a former student of mine back when I taught at a film and recording school that shall remain nameless in Los Angeles. Not that there's any. I'm well. not going to decipher it. I think you've done a good job. <laughs> they, they, they haven't cracked the code. Masking it. <laughs> so... I have been a fan of her talent for well since since I, I saw her in the classroom and got to know her in the classroom, and she yelled at me in the classroom and I made her cry in the classroom. <laughs> that's how you win the ladies, that's Kevin. How, that's how you win them over. So we are going to uh, transition now from uh, Craig and I to Venus and I. That's Venus Leone, and uh, check out her interview. Check out her music, and Craig and I will be back momentarily. We are joined again via Skype, this time by Venus Lyonnais. She is an actress, she is a dancer, she is a singer, songwriter, engineer. Thanks for uh, chatting with me. Also, in the interest of full disclosure, she's a former student of mine from the film school, recording school that shall remain nameless. There he is. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and we have another guest on the show. Who's that? That's Angel. Hi, Angel. Woof. (laughs) Angel is hungry. She's like, feed me already. I'm like, no, I'm going to feed you when I leave. Well, I will try and get you you out of here in a timely fashion here. If you have not checked out her SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Venus that is L-E-O-N-E, I believe, right? There we go. She has a mix. I mean, the word eclectic doesn't even come close to describing it of of music. I mean, there's some of it that is very, very sultry. Some of it that has sort of that club or dance or, you know, something along that. Some of it's instrumental. 
tell, tell me what inspires all the differences in your music. Where are you getting all these ideas from? Um, I think, like, when it comes down to me, it's really, like, out to the muse. <laughs> you know, it's like whatever comes up, it's emotions or it's a project. Like, oh, let's do this. Let's go this direction. Or, you know, um, there is some music up there that was even projects in school that was for, like, English class where it was a topic and we just wrote on a topic, you know, so... That's right, like, there is some spoken word so stuff there. It doesn't matter anymore, it just, like, comes, whatever. That's why it's so different, everything. Do you have a, a preference in terms of style, or do you like the, the variety? I like the variety. I think I wouldn't make it that like that if it was... A, I, even when you listen to my... If I turn on my phone, don't forget that um, to change the settings then it's on shuffle. And then when it's on shuffle, it might play classical music, hip-hop, and the next moment you have some sugar, which is like death metal. <laughs> so depending on who is in the room, it's going to be like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> well, there's also a definite international flair. You you have a wide variety of, of sort of your, your personal ge- 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 yeah, genealogy. I can speak today, really, I can. What What is your, your ethnic background? Well with the easiest <laughs> my dad is Italian <laughs> from way back so we definitely have some some Roman genes that have not been changed in a very long time <laughs> that's my one half and then the other half is a black and Indio from actually I researched it and it should be the Botokudos from the Amazon that makes with the Bantu slaves they were in the center of Brazil, and so that's where my mom came out of. Amazon princess? Is that the idea? That would be my mom. <laughs> the Amazon princess. There know. we go. So how often do you create music? What is your, your kind of timeline for doing different projects? Is it stuff just sort of as it comes to you? Do you force yourself to a schedule? Well, um, again, it depends on what we're talking about, like if it's a project with somebody, because I, I do it for money, too, so sometimes it's it's a project that it has a time schedule, like if it's a for a commercial, I've done like two songs for uh, commercials in South Africa, and there was like a topic, they actually sent me a text, and I just had to make it rhyme somehow, so it was <laughs> really corny, and then they wanted me to sound like Fergie, and so it was like a whole, you know, dynamic of, this is what we want, and this is the time frame that we have, which was like, I think it was about two weeks from the moment that I got big to the moment I was in the studio with some producer I had never met before trying to record the song. So I've done that, and then if it's my own music, then it's just all in the air. Like, I just had somebody send me music from Twitter, and... I, I meet people all the time, so it's like, oh, yeah, send me beats, send me beats, and then I like the beat, but it just takes me forever to actually write some lyrics, and then here comes some guy that I never met on Twitter and sends me a few beats, and <laughs> just in that moment, I was like, oh, I just got an idea, recorded it, sent back, and within the hour, you know, so it just depends on what we're talking about, <laughs> and like, when it's my music, then it takes it takes on the muse more than when it's a project where it's like, okay, let's make a dance track, you know? Sure. And I want to say that, like, I've done that before where I'm working with, like, a, a producer that has a specific idea of where she wants, I say she because it's someone specific that I'm thinking of, <laughs> what she wants to go, to go with the song and what it 
what you wanted to talk about. So it was easier to write because then you're kind of like on somebody else's emotions. More objective. It's like, okay. But when you're trying to bring your poem out, you know, and then you're <laughs> trying to make a song out of it, then it's kind of a harder thing to do. A little bit different. What is your ultimate goal career-wise? What are you, what are you looking to do with your art? Make money with it? <laughs> Buy a house? Yeah, there's a lot of that going Uber. around. <laughs> Have my own personal driver and not always Uber. There you go, yeah. Well, Uber's kind of like a personal driver. It's just one that, yeah, you know. it's always someone else. Yeah, so and it has no background check and you're putting your life in your hands. Other than that. Like, <laughs> what, uh, if, if you had to be nailed down to only do one type of music for the rest of your career, what would it be? One type of music for the rest of my life. Like, that, that's like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, of, of all the people that I'm speaking to in the, in the indie artist kind of spectrum, you, you have the most wide-ranging list. I would, trick the, I would trick it by saying pop. Because <laughs> that can be anything. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Who are you listening to right now? Who's who's impressing you these days? Who did I download? I, who, who did I pay for? Let's yeah, go there you go. Let's see. Who who did you legally Sounds legally stream? Which um okay, so we're starting with Prince, and that was before he passed away because I bought these songs like last year. FKA Twigs is a new artist for me that I'm really in love with kind of like picking up on ideas with her that's punk that's punk there you go they're an interesting group well you have to have them as a artist you know <laughs> hillsong do you know hillsong that's a christian group isn't it yes yeah so, definitely uh well we got and because we got hillsong we got miss sugar of course <laughs> uh clean bandit i love clean bandit they they're like uh have you heard of them mm-hmm Oh, they're so inspiring because they're kind of like me. They're all over the place. You definitely know a song by them. Uh, anyways, they're like a, a quartet, and then they make this, this kind of house music with it. And with a, so Rather Be, I'm sure you've heard Rather Be, like the new... Oh, okay. I've heard the name. Commercial? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I have a Jonea Aiko. Uh, one of my favorites lately is Ludovico A. Naudi. It's hard for me to say too. I was gonna Italian say, Italian don't ask me to spell that one, please. <laughs> this was so random because, like, you know how, how the student becomes the master. So my roommate, who makes stop motion pictures, and I also did like a voiceover for her, she would listen only to pop music. You know what you hear mainstream. So I started influencing her with music. One day I go into her room and I hear this wonderful classical music. It reminds me of movie scoring and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so she introduced me to this composer, Ludovico Einaudi, who makes wonderful uh, compositions. You too. There you go. Came free with the phone. <laughs> yeah. The weekend. <laughs> the weekend. But I still used to listen to you too, so I'm not mad at it. I, you know, I couldn't stand you two in the 80s. I thought they were overhyped and over-commercial, and over the years I've learned to appreciate them a little bit more. I still think Bono's got a lot of attitude that he needs to get rid of, but they do have a lot of talent behind him. So. I think it went backwards for me. I used to love them a lot, and now it's, now like, it's less. No, no, no. <laughs> well, thanks for taking a couple minutes here and chatting with me. It's always good to see a, a, your friendly face, and I'll, oh, see, I'll, see you, I'll see you again on the social media and the Twitter and all of those fun little places. <laughs> All right, let's listen to one of Venus's songs right now, Venus Leone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Boom.
Is that the right order? Yes. Because <laughs> I'm so confused now, I don't know which way it goes. You know, well, when we talk about gender, it can be a confusing thing, Craig. I know. I guess I'm the cue. <laughs> so we, I hope you enjoyed that song, and we are now going to transition, as, as we always so expertly do, to the, to the trio from the When Straight Meets Gay podcast. So take it away, gentlemen. Oh, and me. I'm there, too. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for a few minutes with the guys from the Win Straight Meets Gay podcast. All right, let's do one more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are back once again with the gentleman from the 
when straight meets gay podcast we're talking to trey we're talking to michael we're talking to richard gentlemen start talking it's that kind of wit and wisdom that makes you want to tune into their podcast doesn't it folks all right they're pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty wise. So I have a couple of friends who have actually appeared and won on the game show Jeopardy. I, I am not one of those people. So the question of the day is, which, which, which game show do you think you could crush it? Which game show do you think you could win at? Wheel of Fortune. Ooh. Wheel of Fortune, Michael says. Yes, sir. Michael, Michael yes. Be, be realistic, Jesus. I'm good with words. I'm not sure. I'm just good at this. Well, what would you, which one did you Michael, win? Michael, Michael, like I pictured you more as like a double dare guy. You know? <laughs> oh, double dare? The slime and shit. Or like the, the yeah. what is it? The Legends of the Forbidden Temple and shit. <laughs> I mean, I was on a big one. Yeah, but it's all about progression. You can get there, dude. You're going to, like, you start with the Legends of the Forbidden Temple, and then who knows, dude, you'll make it to the Wheel of Fortune any day. Yeah. Oh, so I'm it's like there's, there's stepping stones know. to Wheel of Fortune. I you see, can't start yeah, off. Dude. Yeah, dude. You got there's there's a road to Pat Sajak. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> it's the road, the road to Sajak. The road to Sajak. Oh, Trey, what were you gonna say, dude? I'm sorry. I can't remember now. Oh, what a jerk, dude. See, you got to hold them in the barrel, bro. Yeah. Um, Trey, has a, my, Trey has a memory of a fish, so if you ask him a question, you're saying. <laughs> My, I I pictured Michael on more his game shows more of like a RuPaul's Drag Race, so that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, so like, and I picture you on like Wipeout or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, Richard, what's your favorite I, game show? Come on! Oh my God, dude! I picked I straight on Wipeout too, man. That's so <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't that's know. That's so good. That's so um, I would say like a supermarket sweep, dude. I would kill oh, oh, <laughs> you and Dolores on that. That would dude, be amazing. Total, I would kill, dude, because, dude, that supermarket's dope, man. Can we just redo that show so we can have you guys on there? Because it'd be great. Damn, bro. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do oh like a God. remake, a redux. Dude, yeah, I would be, also be really good. You could be the host, dude. You could be the host, Michael. We should oh, go to fit. I'm down to be Family Feud. That's what I oh, love. Yeah, do oh, dude, yeah, Family Feud. I'm down for that. We could be like the WSMG family. You guys, what was the name of that show that had the whammy? Like, no whammy. Let's oh, press your luck. Press your luck. Yeah. Press your luck. I want to do press your luck. So effing no bad. No whammy, dude. No whammy, bro. No whammy. It's a wow. wow. <laughs> you know what really awesome if the whammy took like Trey Melton doing little funny things? <laughs> yeah. Naked because you're always flip-flops. trying to sabotage me. Naked in his flip-flops, bro. Naked in his flip-flops. Just again, drop it down. again with the flip-flops. Just so in his flip-flops. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have, we have solved that. <laughs> yeah. It's just me and my nanner. And my flip-flops. <laughs> where are we going with this? Oh, my God. I don't know where you're going, but we're gone. This has been our segment for the When Straight Meets Gay podcast. Gentlemen, where can people find your podcast? WSMGpodcast.com All right, seriously, guys, check out their podcast. It is, it is just like this, but longer and less sober. Dude, um, I mean, that's true. That's actually true. My, every, like, moms even love it, dude. 
There you go. So, you know, it's, it's a show for that. Dude, like, you tell your grandmas about it and friends. Yeah, dude, tell everybody about it, bro. It's like, a still, it's like, a, it's like a still Magnolias type show. You tell your grandmas to send their pictures to at the train mountain. <laughs> Please. And he will send you back pictures of his flip-flops. That's, That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Until next time. Until next time, you guys. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> and we're back. They're an interesting trio, aren't they? They're the best. <laughs> they crack me up. I mean, now, you've known Michael longer than I've known Michael. You were the one that uh, was able to recruit him to the show. Let's see. 1993. I believe is when we met. You were both you maybe ninety four, ninety three, ninety four, singing together. We were singing. Yep. There you go. For those of you who don't, you know, knew Michael or know Michael, tell him he's got to sing for you. He's he's got a voice. That's true. And, he does. Good tenor. He, he should sing for you, though. He's his focus is you know films, but still, it's okay. He's a Renaissance man. <laughs> he is. Uh, uh, I was going to ask you because last weekend when I didn't have any guests, when when they canceled, I ended up going museum hopping. And last summer, I, I think we did the, the timeline right. Last summer, you were in London. Am I wrong about that? Uh, we went to London in March of 2016. There we go. Okay, so that's not last summer, but sh- that's all right. You know, don't. It was warm me. for March. Don't correct me, Craig. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a nice balmy yeah. summertime yeah. visit to London. Did you hit any? I'm sure you did. Hit the museums out there. Um, my goodness, yes, we did. Really, the best places to go are the palaces yeah, because they've got all the good art <laughs> they acquired it in one way or another but I did I did have and and I'm not an art specialist same here I can appreciate what people have done but I can't go oh that's a this artist right. or that's a that artist right but I can say I did have an aha moment walking into one of the palaces we were visiting and going that is something I've seen in books many times, <laughs> and it's the real thing. Which one was it? I don't know. It's all, it's all. But you've seen it. Yes, it was very well known, and it was at the front of the tour. This long hall of rooms, yep. and uh, just amazing stuff. And I, I can do the same thing. I don't, by any means, claim to be an art expert at all. And I can walk through galleries and not stop. To pay any interest in, you know, I, you know, there'll be fifty paintings on the wall, and I will not have any interest in any of them. But then there'll be like one painting in one gallery off in a corner that will, not to sound all, you know, sweet and sentimental, but it will speak to me. It will, you know, literally call you over. That's the best part of art. Yeah, is the other fifty probably have admirers right. that only look at those. Right. So and that's, it's that's th- the good there, stuff. There have been historically a few artists with the last name of Bruegel. Peter Bruegel and Jan Bruegel the Elder and the Lesser and the Nobler I don't lots of Bruegels sounds, and, like, and, a, sounds like a brewery yeah they would they would probably make a good beer but uh, the, that's an artist that manages to do that to me where even I was one of the museums I was at was the Getty which has you know thousands and thousands of, of works of art not just paintings but sculptures and clocks my brother collects antique clocks so I kept sending him pictures but I'm th- walking through this gallery and just out of my my blind eye <laughs> I could feel there was a Bruegel in the room and I turned and sure enough there it was and I don't understand how art does that 
<laughs> but I, I thank God that it does because, like you said, you know, for the other artists that were in there, there were just as many people that were paying attention to different works of art. You know, you don't have to like or appreciate everything. You're you're free to dislike lots of it. Uh, prior to the Getty, I went to a, a modern art exhibit. Most of it was crap. <laughs> kind of weird how that happens <laughs> and it's not i'm not saying that modern art has to be crap because there are good modern artists out there we know one personally but you know this particular museum it was uh, an interesting little place it was in a in a converted uh, masonic temple okay and and so that there's there was actually a couple of rooms still dedicated to leftover lore from the freemasons they left behind like some fezes and some strange costumes and accoutrement from their whatever weird rituals were going on. All right. <laughs> but it's like I, I walk to the entrance, and before you get into the building is what looks like a 20-foot-tall wad of pink chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was made out of something, metal and plaster and whatever else, but that's what it looked like was a 20-foot-tall wad of pink chewing gum. And to somebody... Well, you knew where to put your gum. Yeah, that's art. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd find on the road tour across yeah. America. <laughs> Turn off here to the big wad of gum. Well, when I lived in San Diego in Pacific Beach, for the for those of you that go to Pacific Beach, if you walk down the main drag of PB, you will find a telephone pole. And that is the most colorful telephone pole in San Diego because I don't know how many years, if not decades, they've done this, but that's where everybody puts their gum. I don't know who started it. I'm sure it was like a bunch of high school friends or something. They thought this would be a funny thing to do. But, I mean, there are tens of thousands of pieces of gum of all colors, all distinctions that make up. There, it's more gum than telephone poles. So we have figured out the location of the origin of the zombie apocalypse. It's an amalgamation of bacteria that is currently festering yes. on a telephone pole yes. in Pacific there are Beach. Yes, not enough antibiotics to cure whatever is going on in that pole. Nice. <laughs> I don't know how we transition from the zombie apocalypse to our next artist, but let's give it a try. <laughs> I hope it's not an unfair transition. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, um, coming to you live and direct from Minneapolis, Minnesota, is a gentleman by the name of Trevor. Uh, he is with a band known as the High Chair Kings. They are, again, and it's an interesting group. You'll get to hear one of their songs here after the interview, and we are going to cut to that interview now, and it's awkward to transition. We've done more awkward transitions, if That's we're honest. True. And we'll probably do more before this day is done. <laughs> and if we keep going, there might be less clothing involved. <laughs> it's, it's worth mentioning that this is a pants-optional zone here, but... Craig and I out of decorum. We're, 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 we're doing our best to restrain. We've been friends for a long time, so that's really not a big deal. <laughs> Take it away, Kevin. Oh, that's me. Take it away, Kevin and Trevor. <laughs> All right, we are joined today of Mr. Trevor Letman of High Chair Kings. Trevor, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you, Kevin? I am living a dream. Right on. Maybe. <laughs> What's uh, what's the what's the Minneapolis what's the Minnesota music scene like? It's pretty fantastic. I mean, it's 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 incredibly diverse, which is I I think um, what makes it special. You know, I mean, there's there's diverse music all over all over the U.S. and all over the world. But there's something special about Minneapolis. I mean, we had uh, I'm reading <clears throat> I'm reading Trouble Boys right now, the book about the replacements, mm. and it's just crazy. And then with Prince passing, which is you know. Just a shame. I was going to ask you how much that impacted the scene out there. Yeah, yeah, I assume yeah. everybody was doing a cover of Purple Rain for a couple weeks. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. Not a, not a big fan of covers. But, <laughs> but 
yeah, no, it, it, it really, it, I mean, it really affected me. It really affected a lot of people. My, my wife's actually an Australian, and it, and it deeply affected her. So, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's quite a blow because it was unexpected. But the funny thing is, you know, they, they immediately went to Paul Westerberg um, for the replacements. And, you know, he's, he's kind of a recluse. And they asked him, hey, what, you know, what do you think of all this? And he was, you know, kind of caught off guard and did it, you know, did a good job being respectful and all that. But it's, you know, it's interesting. We had, you know, Prince and the replacements coming out of the same scene in the 80s. And now we've got great bands like Bear the Sound and, and other bands that uh, are playing same venues as, as Atmosphere and Harry's Bucks and stuff like that. So it's pretty diverse. Cool. So how many uh, gigs do you do a year? How many gigs does Hydra <laughs> Kings do? Or Damn, I wish you weren't going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of being a recluse, yeah, we have, we have been pushing off our debut EP release for a couple of years now. Um, for various reasons. As a bit of a backstory, I was in a band called The Lindales in the 90s. You know, we had some popularity and some success, but then I basically just stopped doing music. Took almost 10 years off, and this became uh, just kind of a project that we were doing, and then we realized we had some good songs, so we wanted to record them, and we were going to release a three-song EP, and then it turned to a four-song EP, and then we we finally named the EP six, just so we could stop ourselves from <laughs> adding any more songs to the thing. But you've got um, you've got three of the six songs up as a free download on your website right now. Uh, on the Noise Trade site, yeah, there's there's three. You can listen to a bunch of songs on SoundCloud as well. SoundCloud.com/slash/HighTrickKings. You can listen to other tracks there, but. We're, we're pushing people towards the noise trade sampler. Well, yeah. people should look for that. I, like I said, I checked out the three tracks, and I don't remember even how I discovered you guys on, on Twitter. It was a couple of years back. Somebody, yeah. had, I don't know if you, you were the only person that manages the High Chair Kings Twitter feed, but somebody had posted something that I yeah. found amusing, so I started following, and you guys still continue to post amusing stuff. So it just that was kind of how yeah. I discovered you guys. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's good for nonsense. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, I've I've been sort of debating the the usefulness of Twitter myself the last you know couple couple months as I've been looking at it as sort of a promotional tool from for this podcast and for other things as well. But yeah, at the end of the day, I go to it for a quick laugh or to see what's up, you know, and that's that's I think inherently what it's better better for. Yeah. You've got like of the three songs I listen to, you got Never Alone, uh, uh, Suckers of the World, and The Fight. Those are the three that are downloadable for free off of your website, HydraKings.com. Never Alone is of the three, I think my my favorite, and I can't I can't even tell you why it's my favorite. But there's a, there's a little bit of Eddie Vedder to the voice. I don't know if anybody's told you that before. At least in my opinion, there's there's a little bit of Pearl Jam there, but kind of I don't want to say lighter because that doesn't sound rocking, but they're, they're, it's a little bit more chill. Than, than a typical Pearl Jam song. How would you guys describe your sound? Uh, a mishmash of influences. I mean, it's <laughs> funny because we've uh, we've got a new guitarist, Rob Wales, and, and we're good friends. And Rob and I were talking the other night about we went to see Bob Mould and went out for a drink afterwards, and we're chatting about how your influences don't necessarily make it into your music. So I'm, I mean, I grew up just obsessed with The Smiths and The Cure. You know, and you, I don't think you can hear that at all. Mm, I would say no. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, I'm a huge fan of uh, Band American Music Club, and you know, I'm actually a huge Shade fan. Love Shade. Smooth operator. 
Yeah, you know, everybody goes to that with like Love Deluxe album, still stands up. Put that thing in, you can't tell when it was recorded. That's but, true. You know, just there's lots of different um, styles of music that that have influenced my songwriting, and I I just don't know if any of them come out. We get we get references. I've heard the Pearl Jam thing before. It used to be Counting Crows, and um, we still get references to Buffalo Tom. I don't remember those guys. Yeah, very cool band. So that's you know that's good. But but you know I don't I don't it's I don't know how to describe our sound. We're we're pretty accessible. I, w- I wish we were weirder. <laughs> I like I like weird music. I grew up on Frank Zappa, you know, but. Uh, when you write, it's what comes out is what comes out. Sure, this this is true. And what uh, what is what does the indie music scene mean to you? Because you guys, you know, obviously you're still to the point you're not signed to a label or anything else. So what does it sort of mean to be an independent artist? Um, a lot of hard work. <laughs> and honestly, you know, there's there's the artwork, there's the song selection. <laughs> There's the studio itself. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be a recording engineer, so we record a fair bit of the stuff ourselves, but we also have a studio that we go into with a trusted engineer. And, um, you know, all, all this takes time and money and, and work. And, and I think, like everybody else, you, you kind of wish somebody would swoop in and, you know, just take <laughs> your hand, give you the brass ring and, and do it all for you. But is is your goal ultimately to get signed, or is your goal just simply to make art and, and enjoy the process the best you can? I want to make art. I've I've been you know after taking so much time off of making music, I I had to uh, I I did a lot of soul searching at the end of last year. We kind of took a hiatus because I was trying to decide what it was I wanted to release, and that's that's where we're finally um, making changes, final changes to the EP. But I had to I had to come to <clears throat> some kind of personal reconciliation of why the hell I was spending this much time <laughs> and energy doing it and I've decided it's it's just it's about the art and it's it's a funny thing because if you put out something that you are extremely proud of um there's a couple songs off the EP um Suckers of the World is on the noise trade download I believe and yes I, I really love that, that song so if I put it out there and one person really loves it and everybody else hates it it's not going to affect me at all because I'm like, you know, screw it. That I love that song. I'm 100% invested in it. But if you kind of pander a bit and then a lot of people like it, <laughs> you just go, shit, I just, I, I pandered. Why did I do that? So, so it's ultimately, you know, about just, you know, trying to create art that everybody involved in creating that art is, is pleased with and proud of and, and, you know, just hoping for the best that people, it will resonate with people. I remember several years back, I heard an interview with uh, Harry Belafonte, and he was talking about something his mother had told him as he was starting in the music business, was to make sure that whatever music you put out, you like. Because if you put out something you're not sure of, or that you think might be pandering, or whatever else it is, you know, that's going to be the one that you're going to have to sing for the rest of your life. (laughs) You know, you've got no choice to it. I remember him smiling about that, and he's like, and now I'm going to sing for you the Banana Boat song, Deo. Absolutely. I remember um, when Jill Sobuel, um I heard her speak. Um, my old band played North by Northeast up in Toronto, which is the, the, the Canadian South by Southwest, basically. And uh, Jill Sobuel basically said that the I Kissed a Girl song ruined her career. Yeah. She was, you know, she was an extremely serious songwriter and, and you know, really talented, talented person. And then she just got pigeonholed with one song. And it was extremely successful, and people still remember it. But that, that 
that was it. That was the curse. Yep. <laughs> the curse right there. Yep, you got to be careful with it. Well, Trevor, I do look forward to uh, hearing more songs from you guys down in, down the road. Uh, keep us posted if you want to help. Uh, want us to help you promote anything? Let me know. Come on back. But uh, otherwise, thanks for taking some time with us here today. All right, thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah.
That's a good tagline if you wanted to add pants optional. <laughs> I think there's never, never anything wrong with saying that. There's never anything Especially wrong. if it's a freaking 100 degrees still at 830 or whatever. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed the High Chair Kings. Craig hasn't listened to them yet because it's a post-production thing. It's uh, I'll get them later. You'll get them later. Yep. You'll, you'll give us a review. Yep. Of, of and I won't claim that of these indie artists that they're all my particular chosen genre of music. You know, it's like, and, and we'll talk about this hopefully more when I speak with someone I'm hoping to speak with. But there was a time in 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 my youth. Yes, I had a youth when I liked pop music. It was about one year in the mid '80s. You know that I really that liked. should give you all a clue, yeah. <laughs> as and, you know, Kevin. Yeah, and 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 so uh, to my credit, some of the pop artists that I liked from that era were people who wrote their own stuff and performed instruments. As opposed, I mean, if you think back to the pop of the eighties, you know, it was very flowery and very very puffy, and the people who were showing up in malls, you know, that sort of thing, and 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 so. Oh, you're teasing them. I know. So, so, but, but, you know, again, not my chosen genre today. But it doesn't mean that you can't get bad music out of out of a genre you don't personally, you know, uh, uh, admire. You know, it's like I'm not a fan of Lady Gaga, but I admire her ability to do what she does. It's like her particular style of music is not for me. I'm, I'm going to admit something that you and I differ there. Yeah, you like the stuff, huh? You, you know, like there's, the there's a production level that's in the music that is very impressive. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I mean, it's, it, it isn't something I will ever consciously tune my radio or Spotify or Pandora or Maybe iTunes Maybe you just haven't listen. danced around in the room with Maybe the right that person, could be, Kevin. That could be. That could be. That's, I've, I've, okay, let's go right now. I know. <laughs> the Spotify is right here. But like I said, it's not to take anything away from Lady Gaga's talent. Because I don't like her doesn't mean she's a bad musician. It simply means that's not where my tastes are. You Fair know. Enough. So as as you listen to some of these artists, you know, back in the day when I was teaching, <laughs> making making <laughs> making money in air conditioning, um, <laughs> I would try to introduce different people, whether it was literary people or musicians or even, you know, TV film people to, to the students as they were going through and say, look, you don't have to like them, but at least hear them and be able to say, oh, I hear that and I dislike that. So many people will reject, like, all opera. You know, all opera is the fat lady singing and nobody wants to hear the fat lady singing. She's got a high-pitched whiny voice and nobody wants to hear that. Well, that's not what all opera is like. Actually, it's quite the opposite yeah. <laughs> in the last many, many years. <laughs> yep. But there are people who will reject the entire genre, you know, sight unseen or sound unheard, for lack of a better phrase, because they, I don't know, somehow they've got a bias against it. You know, it's like I said about modern art. Look, I can walk through a lot of modern art and not like any of it, and then find something that makes you actually stop and ponder the nature of existence. Yeah, true. And so, please, people, as you're listening to, to these folks... It's okay if you you know d- dislike the particular genre or the particular whatever, but but respect that these people are putting a lot of work into it. You know this is their blood, sweat, and tears, and and you know try and give give them a chance, give them a listen. So we mentioned London earlier. Yes, we're actually going to go across the pond for our next little bit of talent. Excellent. Oh wait, we're not. I'm just kidding. We psyched you out. Oh, there's no travel budget in this no. show. No, <laughs> so close. We actually have to go. To Wisconsin first, oh. uh, to to the fine folks of the Philosophy Dorks podcast. Excellent. So it's a little bit shorter trip, 
we don't have to fly True. fly over the ocean, but yeah. we take you or now the North Pole or yeah some the equator. I don't. <laughs> You've been going the wrong way. <laughs> my piloting <laughs> skills need a lot of work. <laughs> Among my life ambitions, <laughs> improve your. Let's head to the Philosodorks where they will talk philosophy. Brace yourselves for some deep thoughts with the help of the Philosodorks. I got beer. <laughs> I don't know what these people are talking about, for I am completely sober and I am I have had only one beer. Bad Schopenhauer and Wittgenstein was a very sly. I don't want him drinking. I want me drinking. But the Nietzsche couldn't teach about the raising of the race. Socrates himself was permanently pissed. It's your worship right now. I owe you money for that, don't I? Come on, Kev, just stand up. Joe Stewart Mill of his own free will on having fun to share with No! Plato let say you could stick it away. Half a crate of whiskey every day. Rich is demanding the attention yeah. here, so give Rich. Aristotle, the Aristotle was a bugger for the bottle. Hobbes was fond of his drive. I was cold before, now I'm covered in beer. I'm not cold now. Rene Descartes was a drunken Give me that I sweater wrapped around your fucking waist, you woman. I don't know how to turn it on. You don't know how to turn it on. particularly me. Emmanuel Cat was a real percent. It was very. Alright. Rich? I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> and I'm glad you're here for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Riches are definitely our entertainment today, and. Uh, well, thank God it ain't me. Let me entertain you. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Neil Diamond. All right. <laughs> I'm getting kind of dizzy. Well, you know. Drinking concept. They just made it up for that thing. <laughs> Wait, you said you hated it. Well, give me that coke. It's like. I'm so fucking plowed, I don't care. Give me a hit up for that. All right, Rich Smoking. This is funny. Rich, the man with the lung condition, Smoking. Yeah. yeah. Before it goes out, it's fucking smoking. Yeah, okay, yeah. Just puff away. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Puff Daddy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> 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 You know, Kevin, you're going to hate yourself for watching that on the TV later. <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah. 30 Edit. seconds of usable material. If that. 30, you think so? It <laughs> might be a bit generous. Five, I don't know. Who's going to watch this? Rich, don't say. Corners of our minds. Um, 
<laughs> I have beer. I don't. <laughs> he doesn't, but I do. <laughs> this is the part where I speak in a British accent, no apparent reason. What did you do, Ray? <laughs> And that was the latest installment, possibly for a while. <laughs> the, 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 not, I won't say the final installment of the Philosopher Dorks uh, uh, submissions here to our show, but let's just say they need to sit down and record, and we need to sit down and record with them. And until that happens, we're 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 fresh out of dorks. <laughs> I think we need to try to make that happen. We are in a dearth of dorks because we got an unlimited budget here on That's the show, right. as you know. <laughs> All this stuff's on credit. <laughs> but uh, we, we are hoping, uh, hoping beyond hope, that we will continue to have our, our fellow podcast contributors in future episodes. Uh, we're working on it, is all I can tell you. We are working on it. And, and if you want us to do that, then please write to them or call them at the end of each of their segments. They give you uh, uh, links to their social media and even, in some cases, emails. So you can message them directly. I guess you could theoretically message them and say, don't be on Kevin's podcast anymore. <laughs> but Don't do that. that That's would be, not nice. That would be uncool. Completely, un- and we're all about being cool here. Again, figuratively. I, I've known Rich since 1981 or two. This, or is, so. this, this is a flashback Friday. It here. Is. We're recording Big this on time. a Friday, but yeah, we we are uh, feeling the flashback roots here. I don't know what uh, what 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 uh, music is turning you on these days, Mister Mister Craig. You know, for a very long time, and I'm a very auditory person, so for me, orchestral movie scores yeah that's always something for me i was having a conversation with my brother about haunt zimmer and how he has absolutely changed the landscape of modern score composition almost to a point where he is he and his style are too dominant in the movie landscape and i'm willing to admit that i'm a huge fan i'm a huge movie fan but we need some other we need some other ideas. Sure. He's a master. Sure. He's a genius. He's a legend. His works will go down forever. No problem. And I admire all of his work. But we got to figure out how to give some new somebody composers. else yeah. a platform to do stuff. Well, that's just like not, not to accidentally be topical here on the show, but for the last 27 years, Alf Clausen's been doing the music for The Simpsons. This is one of the longest-running shows in TV history. He's been creating, and it isn't a, a you know one guy with a Yamaha keyboard putting it together. It's part of the the mandate of the show when Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, put it all together. Is they have to have a full orchestra. So it's like it's like a thirty to fifty piece orchestra every episode, and this guy's been composing and you know conducting all the music and the candom this week. 
Really? Yeah. And this, I mean, I discovered him because one of my favorite TV shows was Moonlighting. He did a lot of the music for Moonlighting oh, back that in was the good day. Stuff. Yep. And, and but I mean, this guy again, not to take anything away from what he's done, because he has an amazing body of work. Same thing, orchestral, you know, stuff that everybody recognizes, everybody knows these things, but they just dropped him. And because welcome to the world of television, where television's getting pirated and the money's not there anymore, and they're starting to drop some of these veteran people. Wow. So you might unintentionally get your wish. You might unintentionally start to see, you know, you can't get John Williams to score every film anymore. Yeah. You know, that's not not just because he's getting up there in age, but because he asks a price. I think he's price. 85. Yeah, he asks a price that not a lot of people can pay anymore. Uh, Zimmer's not hurting for cash either. <laughs> Let me tell you. But, you know, and, and you're you're more of a movie buff than me. So you'd have to tell me if there's you know anybody that you've heard up and coming in some some of the more recent films that you've seen that you've liked. But Michael Giacchino, he's yeah. doing a great job. What's he I, been doing? He uh, the first that I noticed uh, some of the bigger things, and I'm sure it's just that I didn't know. I'm sure he had bigger work before that. Right, right. But uh, the the last two Star Trek movies. Oh yeah. I think he did a phenomenal job on both of those. Yeah. And I know he's done a lot of other things. I think he did a decent amount of TV before that. And so he is he's also very dominant. He was most of the Star Wars Rogue One oh. movie. That was not a Williams right. uh, show. Obviously, there that. were some themes here and there yeah. that they snuck in a little bit to weave it together. But that was Michael Giacchino. And he did a good job. Yeah. He did a good job. But... Williams is always the master. Well, and and yeah, you know, and we talked about this. If you go back, go back in the wayback machine of the podcast as we reviewed the last Star Wars film uh, and talked about it. You know, he was able to do and create a whole new theme for Ray. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that so good is entirely evocative of the stuff he did in '77 with the first Star Wars. It calls in the Luke theme. It calls in Leia's theme. It calls in all of it, and yet it's completely different. It's its own thing, yep. but it fits seamlessly with the stuff that he was doing 40 years ago, and that's a gift that... To pull you in <laughs> with one melody on one instrument, yeah. and you know that that character, you know what she's all about. Yep. Right off the bat. She hasn't spoken a word. She's on camera moving around inside of the, the ship, Yep. and her playful theme is playing. On a flute, yeah, and Great. that's that. That is a gift that much like we talk in art. We're feeling very cultural this show. Have you noticed that? Where are we? We are in the conservatory. We're in the conservatory. Sir. For people wondering why we call it the conservatory, is I live in in an ancient house. <laughs> For this area, it's yeah. true. You know, you know to, to to make fun of the old LA storyline, as he's taking you know his his future wife to be on the the cultural tour of Los Angeles. You know, some of these buildings are almost twenty years old. <laughs> well, I'm in a house that is a hundred years old. And it has a little section of rounded windows that is vaguely reminiscent of, you know, the conservatory from, from Clue and from other, you know, from houses of that The genre. glass is actually bent. Yeah, it is it, curved. It is curved glass. I and have no idea where you would get glass if these were broken. I do. When my grandfather passed, going on 30-some years ago now, whatever it was, uh, my mom was given a antique cabinet, china cabinet. And we had to get it from Michigan to California. And when you have an antique china cabinet 
that's made mostly of glass that goes from Michigan to California, the glass doesn't always make it. <laughs> rental trucks are not known for their smooth yeah. ride. So, and it was curved glass, and, and I actually found a place back then, and it I probably still exists out in Orange County, where I took him down, took him, took him the, the panel, and I'm like, is there anything you can do? And he... First of all, he wanted to offer me an ungodly amount of money for the for the piece of furniture, but I, I bet. he was able to, to replicate the glass. So, yes, we're very cultured here in the conservatory. We're all about culture. And as we tried to do before and then and then interrupted ourselves to cut to the dorks, sorry, philosodorks. If you just call them the dorks, <laughs> that's just mean, really. But philosodorks, that imparts, again, more culture, philosophy. What is we in talk, that cup? Shh. Don't get mean. <laughs> This is my courage juice. <laughs> uh, no, we are going to go across the pond. We are going to, to chat with someone with an accent. I love that. Yep. And there is a group out there called Calling All Astronauts. They are, again, a unique sound. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they may not be everybody's sound, but I dig them. And I, if, you're, if you have not followed them on Twitter... Uh, the, the gentleman who, who runs their Twitter and the gentleman who fronts the group is, is a guy known as David B. And I got to chat with him. Now, again, as we talk about these things, this was over a year ago that we were having these conversations. So some of the references might not be timely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, right. it's like a time machine. Yeah, and really I apologize to these three artists whom I promised to showcase on the podcast and then put their you know recordings in a drawer for a year i really feel bad about that but here we are we're finally better late than never kevin is is going to be our motto <laughs> i thought it was a pants optional. Oh, pants optional is we got a lot of mottos here on the show hey what's a motto you hello that that, that dangerously pun like dangerously pun like look you're on thin ice craig <laughs> is one of our mottos that there's no puns allowed yeah, no no puns no puns no no Definitely not. All right, so we are going to go away from puns, and we are going to go and chat with David B. for a while, and then you're going to hear one of the songs from uh, from the group, and then you'll be back to hear us some more, too, because why not? Are puns optional? No. <laughs> Only my pants. Got it. <laughs> pants are optional. Puns never acceptable. Under No. No. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> There's a go. How's it going there, David? Yeah, it's not not bad, not bad. Very hectic uh, because we are going to Great Escape Festival tomorrow. Yeah, where's that at? Uh, in Brighton. Brighton, okay. Yeah, and I've got to do all the promo for uh, Time to Fight Back, which I've got to get finished before we go. <laughs> uh, and then. We get back from there, we're here for only a few days, and then we're off to Medem in the south of France. You're all over. Yeah, yeah, Medem's going to be hectic. You know, you go all the way to Cannes, and then we have 40 meetings in four days. Oh, jeez. Well, I guess it's better than the alternative of no one wanting to talk to you, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, there there, there is that, there is that. But I've missed my son this year. Normally we've been to L.A. by now, and that breaks up the cold winter. I was going to say, yeah, that's certainly a different, uh, different, different temperate zone. Well, let's uh, let's get right into this here. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we are joined now by David B. That is what you're going by these days, right, David? 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> he is a part of a trio known as Calling All Astronauts. They are a UK-based group, and I, w- I would love to define them and, and sort of pigeonhole them into some sort of genre, but you can't as you listen to them. There's there's a little bit of uh, uh, you know techno influence, certainly some punk, certainly some rock. Uh, how would you describe the band? It's a million-dollar question. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I sometimes use... Like electro goth punk. There you go. But that really doesn't say it all at all. No, I mean you guys also do have you know a fairly political message as well. You know you're very socially yeah. conscious as a group. We, uh, in American terms, we're definitely on Bernie Sanders' team. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how long have you guys been together? I see you've put out several independent albums. Uh, there's well, Jay and I have been together four years, and Paul's been with us two years. Uh, although we all played together in a previous band too long ago for me to remember. <laughs> well, you guys are pretty busy, as you said. You're going to be touring all over the place and meeting people, both you know, Brighton and in, in, in... What's the name of the, the venue, the event? Oh, Great Escape. I'm actually there as with my A&R head on <laughs> uh, as, as a music publisher and record label. Uh, CAA are playing one festival this summer, we're doing the uh, oh, Beautiful Days Festival, which is a festival run by the Levelers. Oh. And they've got Left Field on and James, and, and we've got good billing on, on the Sunday, I believe. That's that's our only festival appearance this year. We only like to do one a year. Uh, a couple of years back, we did one with Echo and the Bunny Men, shared a stage with Roger Daltrey, which was quite cool. Very cool. Uh, last time we played Kendall Calling, and... While we're on stage, I looked to the side, and uh, Tim Burgess from the Charlatans was stood at the side of the stage watching us. <laughs> That's also, you know, praise. Which was very nice. Yeah. Now, for those of us that are here in the U.S., uh, what, what's it like to be an indie artist in the U.K.? Is it good for you guys right now? Is this a good time to be an independent artist? Is it a bad time? What do you think? If I'm absolutely honest, it's a dreadful time for anybody to be an independent artist. Uh-oh. Why is that, do you think? Uh... Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, which, whichever streaming platform you'd like to mention. You, you, you know, uh, we're obviously more popular than we were four year, three years ago when we released our debut album. Mm-hmm. Our streaming on this album is up 10,000%. Wow. Our sales are down probably 80%. That does make a difference, does make a dent. You know, and when you consider you need... 16,000 Spotify streams to earn the same amount as as you do for one album sale. Makes a difference. What, yeah. uh, what What's the solution, do you think? Where are we headed? I believe that at least one of, of the streaming sites will fall over. They may all do. Yeah. You know, if you look, uh, all those people who are in trouble, uh, there are... There are an EDM uh, distribute, distributor, uh, everybody buys their EDM tunes from them. And the, the life of me, I can't remember. But they're, they're, they're in debt about a billion dollars at the minute. <laughs> They've just closed their streaming platform. Right. And others will follow suit. Yeah, to me, it's a question of, of you know, licensing. As you say, you got you got to, you know, be out there as an artist. But as an artist, whatever you're, you know, you're, chosen or even unchosen in some cases venues they they got to support you they got to be able to give back to the content that you're providing them 
I think all the streaming platforms should, none of them should be free. Yeah. You know, why do they think it's acceptable to give away my music? Something we've spent 2,000 hours recording our new album. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't make music to, to be, or the music we make to become a millionaire. But at, at the same time, We'd like to be able to recoup on the <laughs> I, I understand. You know, as, as a podcaster, it's kind of the similar thing. As I started this podcast about a year ago, both to make some money and also just to be creative, just to be an outlet, mm. you know, out there and to showcase other talents and things like that. And in my opinion, I've done a fairly decent job of showcasing talents and being a creative outlet, making money. No, not even a little bit. You know, it just there, there, there's there's a, uh, so many options and so many choices for people right now that for them to feel even compelled to give back, whether it's a Kickstarter campaign or some sort of donation, you know, even something like that for you know for any content creator is a challenge right now is to make people yeah, realize. I, I, I have looked at the Kickstarter type things and crowdfunding and right. all that, and I'm not sure I really like the concept. I think it. I think it's. It isn't begging, but at times, you just feel, is it right? You know, there's, well, sure. there's bands selling off pieces of equipment and stuff like that. Well, sure, and and you know, and, and as as an artist, I'm sure you don't want to be the guy that's out there basically hawking your wares. You know, you don't no. want to be. You know, you want to be out there writing and performing, and you know, just you know, do, doing all of that. So, I mean, let, let's focus on that for a second here. You've got an album that was just released not too long ago, correct? Yeah, yeah, in March. Right, it was Anti-Social Network, is that the one, yes. the, the recent one here? And it, it seems to be generating a lot of buzz. I've, you know, listened to it extensively over on the SoundCloud and a couple of other places as well. Um, how's the reaction to it been? It, it, it's been awesome, pretty much. Well, you always get the odd bad review. Sure. Uh, but generally, it has been, been fabulous. Uh, Empire, which was the first single from the album, although we released it before the album came out, uh, got to number two in the European indie charts, which is an airplay-based chart, mm -hmm. uh, mainly across France, Belgium, you know, and the Benelux sort of countries. And we had, we had maybe 2,000 radio plays on Empire, just for those territories alone, sure. which was phenomenal. And uh, the new single, Time to Fight Back, which is out on the 3rd of June, I think we've already got about 40 stations playing it, which, you know... I'm just stoked every sure. time anybody likes a record because we don't have any pluggers and that we do it all in house. Right, and so you know that if somebody plays your record, it's on merit. Right, not because they go, look, I can give you X, Y, Z major label acts so play this for me you know they're just doing it because they like us right and and to me that's the strength of the of, of any indie music scene whether it's uk or us based or anything else is that you know people are discovering this music and as you said if someone is choosing to pay attention to it to single it out you know there's nothing in it for them other than the music itself no and i find it very humbling really you know we're just we're just three blokes who sit in my lounge making music <laughs> Our studio is actually in the lounge. It's just a PC, a nice sound card, a nice guitar preamp. That, that's all you need these days. I mean, you yeah, know, you can, you can, you can record a decent quality sound on your phone. Knowledge. Right. You, you know, and I, I urge everybody, you think you can't produce, 
go on to sound and uh, on to sound on to youtube watch tutorials mm-hmm. go go on to a site called gearsluts.com <laughs> well that's that that you know it's 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 like i said Part of what I wanted to do with this podcast is just to spotlight other talent, mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's what you're doing with your, you know, with your group and your your own independent label, for lack of a better term, your own independent house there. Yeah, yeah, because uh, a lot of artists don't actually realize that uh, just being a member of their own performing rights society doesn't mean they'll get money from everywhere else. Right. You need sub-publishers in all the other territories, and we also do neighboring rights, so when people get their songs played on uh, on a TV commercial and all that, there's, you know, self-releasing uh, releasing artists that we publish, we will then collect their performance money as well for them and, sure. and stuff like that, you know. It, there's so many other revenue streams that people don't realise. Well, yeah. Well, listen, uh, David, it's been good talking to you. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time here. Um, we're going to listen to one of your songs now. Do you got a preference of something for me to play for the for the audience here? Uh, time to Fight Back. Time to Fight Back. That'll be the one that we'll play then. Uh, you're about to hear Time to Fight Back by Calling All Artists. This has been David B. David, thanks so much. Cool, man. I'm gonna go to the side. 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 I
hope you enjoyed that song. And again, Craig has yet to hear the song. I could just. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Much better than Cats. I'm going to listen to it again and again. There's a reference that brings people back to the 80s. God, that was back when Saturday Night Live was funny. Do you remember that? I do. We got to go way I used back. To, I used to stay up and watch it. <laughs> that was a thing. It back was like normal to be up till one or two in the morning. Yep. And there was nothing else on. There were only, you know, three, four channels at the time. Yeah. And yeah, you had like a Floby infomercial or something. I live. Yes. But you can't get more cultured than the Floby. The the Ronson something or other. Ron Popeil. Ron Popeil. Yes. Yes. That's those were my brother uh, uh, Tim. Just after he had graduated from college, he worked at a tiny little radio or TV station uh, out kind of central California, like like near Thousand Oaks, that area. Not quite central, but you know, a little bit farther north of of, of where we are. And it was a Rickless station, which means nothing to anybody except that the guy who owns it was married to Pia Zadora. Okay. Here's our useless house of trivia. So uh, she's probably most famous for her breathtakingly amazing role in Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> you know, I'm a movie fan, but I didn't you, know you about that, that movie. One? You missed that one? Oh, yeah. it, 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 has a, it has a heartwarming ballad, Hooray for Santa Claus. <laughs> And yeah, it's it's a must see. It's a must see. It's it's. I would introduce it to the family when you get a chance. It's it's quite a film. Anyway, they had a little tiny studio, and that was where a lot of those crap infomercials were produced. And so a lot of times, you know, my brother would be there live as people would pretend to be amazed by you know a thing that scraped a potato or whatever else would be there. And I that was sort of my early entry into the world of of exciting television production. Awesome. So he's not doing that anymore. <laughs> people faking a reaction to yes. people faking a tool doing yes. a fake thing. A fake thing for money. Everybody was doing that for money. Nobody there for free. Awesome. Nobody hangs out. At My a- favorite are the people that can't do anything properly, you know. Oh, yeah. If I could only wash this dish. Yeah, yeah. I, Oh, I don't have time to put both peanut butter and jelly on this bread. If only there was one tube that I could use that would put them both on at the same time. Think of how much time I'd have back in my life. <laughs> and it's so hard to pour the milk into the cup. Yes. If there was maybe a, a giant funnel. I so just want to launch into the old uh, stand-up comic Brian Regan's bit where he talks about that there are microwave instructions for a Pop-Tart. (laughs) (laughs) Put in microwave. Two seconds. (laughs) And don't you dare touch that lava bomb. No. Now, before there were microwave instructions, I remember microwaving a Pop-Tart. It did not end well. (laughs) It was a fire. Smoke, fire, and sadness. Yeah, lots of sadness because then you really can't eat the pop tart. Yeah, and you need a new microwave. <laughs> yes, and uh, some air freshener. You remember a while back we were talking about how cultured this show was? Hey, That's pop gone. Tarts. <laughs> it's gone. Pop tarts are culture. Okay? They are a part of our our heritage. They're so what's your favorite pop tart? Apple pie flavor? No, uh, I I will go with the basics. You can either go with the brown sugar cinnamon. Bam. Yep. Or if you're feeling you know really on the edge, there's the there's the frosted cherry. No. You know, but the brown sugar cinnamon is probably the go-to. That's too close to fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> it could be possibly. Now, have you tried? They're out there. You got to look for them. The A and W root beer flavored pop tart. 
No. O is... Why look past the maple and brown sugar? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know which Pop-Tart you should not try? And it'll be back because everything comes back this time of year is the pumpkin spice Pop-Tart. That's the first Pop-Tart that I gave away. That I, wow. I, I was... I, no, this is, this is not a food product. And I like a good <laughs> pumpkin spice product. But that didn't work at all. Pumpkin spice is coming. You know, you know what I'm thinking is that Kellogg's is now going to sponsor the show. Don't they make pop tarts? Whoever makes pop tarts, I think they're now going to want to sponsor us. I think they should. Uh, up until I disparage their pumpkin spice one now. But you are it. not allowed to toast anything in this room today. No, no, no. I do have. If a toast we had pop tarts, <laughs> you are not allowed. Well, look uh, to uh, generate any more heat in this room. And, and when when I joke about lighting a microwave on fire that is actually based in reality i have set fire to microwaves toasters and toaster ovens all with pop tart related mayhem <laughs> in I my th- life i think you might be cooking them too long i just don't toast them anymore i, I you know i will eat a raw unblemished pop tart and with with reckless abandon Ooh, you'd you have know, to preservatives be damned oh. i'm going into it but yeah no i will not toast those ever again too many you know fool me once <laughs> set me on fire twice <laughs> Fair enough. that's where i go no uh you are a movie guy and, and another movie guy that we have here on the show is is our film expert our film aficionado aficionado our film guru our film film yeah, I, I, let's just all bow down and worship the the ones, filminess, the filminess, the the filmosity. Filmosity is way that's, better. That's a good. That's that's like an SAT word almost. Let's 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 check in with Tim. Find out the movie that he saw this weekend and whether or not it's as crappy as some of the other movies that he's already had to had to endure on our behalf. It's time for our own version of Siskel and Ebert. Only you know, living. Here's film critic Tim Brennan. Hey, how's it going? Hot. How about you? Oh. Also hot. I'm sick, so we're gonna we're gonna try to get through. We're gonna, this. We're gonna muddle through. Understood. <laughs> One way or another. Yeah. What's uh, today's movie? So I saw uh, Ingrid Goes West with uh, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, okay. And it was. I I gotta tell you, I was I was impressed. All right. I um I was gonna see uh, Good Time with Robert Pattinson because I've been hearing amazing things about it. Timing didn't work out. I was like, all right, well I gotta see something. <laughs> And I see this, and I was like, Jesus. Because she, um, I, I really liked Parks and Recreation. I like her. I kind of thought for a little bit that she was a little bit of a one-trick pony. And I was like, all, I was so, I was so wrong, I went all the way all to the other side of right. Because, <laughs> I mean, she's, she's honest to God, like, she gives one of those performances that careers make, you know? Wow. So what's the movie about? She plays a uh, young woman who is not psychotic, but definitely mentally disturbed. Like the the very first scene is her um, going into a wedding and macing the bride, and we are met. Oh, they had some kind of a falling out, and nope, she just followed the bride on Instagram and tried to kind of insinuate her life, and things didn't work out. Hey, we've all been. She's in. Oh, sure, like you do. Yeah. And she um, is institutionalized while she's in an asylum. Her mother dies and leaves her like a nice chunk of change. And once she gets out, she stumbles across um, the Instagram account of like an up-and-coming potential internet star. Mm. 
And so she heads out to Los Angeles to try and insinuate herself into this new person's life. So this movie is a promotional tool for Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> not, not in a good way. <laughs> Your source for stalking information, Instagram. Seriously. <laughs> it's not a single white female type of thing. It's honestly more, uh, it's more like network. You know, in terms of, you know, this is how this technology is changing our behavior and how, you know, we kind of barely understand what it's doing to us. And it was, uh, you know, it's very smart, very funny. Cool. So, so it's a dark comedy, is that the idea? or is it? Yeah, okay. it's it's a dark comedy. I wouldn't say it's quite as dark as something as like uh, Observant Report, but it, it goes to some pretty alarming places. Interesting, interesting. Who, uh, who who plays the up-and-coming celebrity? So the up-and-coming celebrity is um, Elizabeth Olsen. Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's kid, mm. is her husband, and he's very good. I felt like the standout performance, other than Aubrey Plaza, was uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Ice Cube's son. Oh. And he's great. He's, like, he's charming and likable and a little dopey and very charming and it's just he's cool he, and i was like wow i want to i want to see more of what this guy does because between this and uh, straight out of compton i'm i'm becoming a fan of this guy well you should follow him on instagram i would have to get onto instagram first and i'm i'm afraid of doing that because you know i'm already oh, doing the no, you're totally Twitter and facebook thing and totally i feel like maybe that's out. enough Instagram is the place to be. All the cool kids are on Instagram, Tim. And if you're not a part of it, you're going to get left behind. Well, but nobody ever said I was one of the cool kids. Oh, come so on. Everybody says that. Everybody says that. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry you're not feeling well. It seems to be going around. I know my allergies have been killing me, but I have no right to complain because every place seems to be on fire in Southern California except my little neighborhood. So I'm just going to grin and bear it. <laughs> You know, it's it's good that your neighborhood's not on fire. Yeah, so, I, I mean, mean if, if, you know, one of the places I've always wanted to live is Burbank, and Burbank is on fire, so that isn't going to work. And just up the freeway is is beautiful downtown Beaumont. Actually, Beaumont is an ugly, ugly place, and that's on fire. So, yeah, lots of places on fire today. So, yeah. Jesus, what's, I mean, is it just a wildfire or what's, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, well, see, the thing is we got some rain this year. We were in a drought for several years, and so after several years of no water, suddenly we have water and everything starts to grow, which means in the summertime there's lots of extra things to catch fire. That's how fires work here in beautiful Southern California. So Yeah, that do it. And ordinarily we have, not not to get, you know, I don't know if you remember, I took a meteorology class in college. I didn't do well in it, but I took it. And uh, (laughs) ordinarily the wind gusts and the directions of the winds are pretty easy to predict, but because of all the other weather phenomena going on in the U.S. this week, it's Mm -hmm. making it crazy for the firefighters. So they're having having trouble. No injuries yet, but... That's good. Yeah, but at least as of this recording, but yeah, it's, it's been making the air quality not so good so that's what we're doing here i I know that means nothing in terms of a film review but that's what's going on (laughs) that's that's okay i mean you know living living out in connecticut we um we got hammered with a hurricane yeah and then coming out to colorado it's like haha no natural disasters and turns out there have been some not this year but in the last couple of years we've had some nasty fires and we did have a uh, barely catastrophic flood back in i want to say 2013 so let's. And I think global warming for you know, you. And, and, and 
Earlier in this podcast, I kept saying Dubai is flooded as opposed to Mumbai is flooded, so I have to correct that here, here and now. But yeah. it's, it's like right, right now, in, in there's parts of Canada that have been on fire for months, and they just haven't been That's able to, right. to, to put it out. There's like you know major major parts, and so it's like because I you know I was periodically checking in on social media and the status of the fire, and almost always there'll be someone from Canada who posts and says, "You think you got problems? You should try living up you know the road from me." And it's like, okay, yeah, all right, we can't complain, but yeah, it's been weird this weekend. I don't know. I'm Holy I'm smokes, I'm, I'm ready. No pun intended. I'm ready for yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready for a change in the weather, literally, because. It's, it's, yeah. I don't blame you, man. I really don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> well, for those who want to check out Mr. Tim Brennan's film review in written form that probably has a little bit less talk of brush fires, uh, you can find him at a, bolt, a boat. I just went Canadian. <laughs> at aboatboulder.com. <laughs> I did not mean to do that, eh? <laughs> it's a boot boulder. Yes. <laughs> So, so Tim, I will let you uh, get back to, to not feeling well, and I'm going to get back to sweating profusely in smoky air. All right. Well, <laughs> one, one way or another, we'll, we'll get through it, and we'll follow up next week, hopefully not sick or on fire. That's, 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 you know, that's a good way of putting it. You know, let's small steps, baby goals. You know, we don't want exactly. to say, hey, let's win the lottery or, you know, things like that. Just not be on fire and not be sick. Let's, let's aim, I, aim for that. I like to focus on the attainable. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tim. All right, thank you, man. I don't know which movie he was reviewing. No. But I hope it was Hitman's Bodyguard. He reviewed that. That tells Did he you, do it already? That tells you how little Craig listens to my show. When he, unless he's, did he do it already? Yes, he did it last weekend. My bad. You should see. Hey, I I have control of this <laughs> for now, so you're never going to be able to post that on me. Why um, which one was it? It was. I think it was just last weekend. Okay, I didn't that finish last did. week's yet. Yeah, and he did. He did enjoy it. You'll be happy oh, to dude. know. It's. I've seen it twice. Oh. <laughs> it's now there. There are things about it we we didn't like, and things we do like. Have yeah. you seen it? No, I haven't oh. seen it yet. But uh, I mean, the cheap way to describe it is it's Deadpool and Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But those two work for me, so it's a good ride. And, and Tim's Review, we're now reviewing Tim's Review. That's what's happening <laughs> Well, you now. are, because yes. I didn't listen yet. Right. Sorry, but, Tim. But, but Tim's Review was essentially that, you know, the bits of banter between the two leads were they made the film. You know, if you took out yeah, the action, action sequences and the quote-unquote plot, <clears throat> that was unnecessary. Yeah. And I, I, I referenced to him, I said, that to me sounds like I always describe the movie Sideways as an action movie with all the action points taken out so it's just the character points that people sure. like in action film. <laughs> Here's a throwback, since yeah. we're on throwback. Wait, Fallback Friday. <laughs> Running Scared. Oh, Gregory Hines, Billy Crystal. Come that on was, now. That was a movie. To, yeah. Now, we gotta be, we got to make sure they understand. That was the one from the 80s, not that weird movie that came out like 10, 15 years ago, also called Running Scared, also with uh, a white and an African-American lead that had no resemblance whatsoever to the other movie. I didn't even know that There was existed. no connection to it, nothing okay. at all. And so, yeah. yeah, I'm talking mid, mid yep. to late, yep. mid, mid-80s, I think. Yep, it was the last time Jimmy Smith agreed to be a bad guy in a film. After that, he swore that he would never be a bad guy again. Uh, yep. Joey Pants, as he's called, Joey Pantaleono. Oh, man. We had a little uh, cameo in that one. <laughs> yes. And I can't remember the name of the gentleman that played their, their lieutenant, but he was Carla's wife of her husband and Cheers 
Um, I can't remember his name. He was also the father in Clueless. Never saw Clueless. Oh, sorry, that's another funny film. But yeah, the, he he is a good character actor. It was just, it's it's a good movie, and, and and yeah, there are some action sequences, but it was just a great buddy comedy. Oh yeah, um, you know, and, and just Gregory Hines passed away way too soon. Just I mean, absolutely passed away way too soon is all I can say about that. Man could dance, man could sing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, history of what part one oh. was Gregory Hines. I mean that you know, there were other things to like about that movie, but he just was he shined in well, that, that film. Well that certainly was a cavalcade of stars. Yes. But he does have some of the best parts. <laughs> no, no pun intended, because you see some some of his parts. <laughs> the jig is up and gone. Sorry, we could quote movie lines all day here. All right, that. Uh, well, that Craig, I don't know if you you realize this. We've just done a show. Huzzah! Huzzah! And as usual, I want to thank everybody for participating in the show. All of our all of our uh, podcast brethren and sistren and Jesse, and and our film reviewer Tim, and all of our guests. Uh, that have appeared again. My apologies for the lateness of the what do you whatever you want to call it publication of your interviews. Uh, hopefully, some people will discover these artists, and 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 I hope you liked them, and and I hope you found them as unique as I did. Uh, check them out on Twitter and on social media. I will provide links on on our own Twitter and social media, which Craig in the closing credits always gives with his deep deep voice. Craig, do you have anything else to say in your deep deep voice? Thanks for having us. Thanks for thanks for being had. Thanks for all all of that stuff. And uh, and until next time, get off my lawn. And well, Craig, get out of my room. <laughs> this has been the Get Off My Lawn podcast, brought to you by Kevin's Bookmobile. Check out www.lulu.com slash Marusic for a selection of books authored by your genial host. Buy a paperback, download an ebook, and help support the podcast. That's www.lulu.com slash M-A-R-O-U-S-E-K. And by our tip jar. Like what you've been hearing on the show so far? Want to hear more? Then help us out by going to getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com clicking on the tip jar and donating to the cause of creativity no amount too large no amount too small that's getoffmylawnpod.blogspot.com follow us on facebook or twitter at getoffmylawnpod check out our soundcloud at getoffmylawnpodcast or subscribe to us on itunes for the latest episodes questions or comments or to suggest a guest our email address is getoffmylawnpod at gmail.com the theme was written and composed by brian weideman Check out his music at www.worldbride.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-B-R-I.com. The logo was designed by Julie Contreras at Urban Bird Design. Go to urbanbirddesign.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend.